Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Heal with Cat podcast. My name is Cat. I am your host, and I am coming to you finally settled in after 10 magical, beautiful, just, I don't even know how to describe it, very much needed days away in Italy with my boyfriend, Tyler, and I haven't put out a podcast episode in two weeks, two weeks, which is a long time. And um, I was thinking while I was gone, you know, that I was going to keep up with episodes and I was going to keep putting content out. And I think I just kind of reached this point in my experience being away from my day to day that I really just needed 10 days to just check out. I always compare my habits, desires, feelings to the masculine and feminine. If you listen to this podcast, if you follow my content on Instagram, you'll know that I do that often. And it's because it's a part of me, two parts of me, two of one, that I am healing, growing, Um, expanding, learning more about, and trying to integrate and embody. So the feminine in me was like, I don't want to do anything except lay around all day because all I do when I'm home is do, 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 and go, go, go. And usually there's some resistance with the masculine within me that finds a lot of joy in the do, 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 and the go, go, go. And this time my masculine was like, yeah, you deserve it. So I let myself let go for two weeks. And we spent five days in Florence uh, going to my cousin's wedding, which was so very much needed. First time that I traveled internationally with my boyfriend, we've gone on since the time that we were just friends and through the course of our friendship and now relationship, we've traveled on many road trips. I want to say like around seven or eight in the last like year. So we're really used to traveling with each other. We travel really well with each other. Um, we have a lot of the same interests. We have a lot of the same needs. Um, and the things that we don't align on, we're really good at supporting each other on. So I knew in a sense that traveling with him for the first time was going to be pretty smooth sailing. And it was for the most part. I mean, of course, there's like little things here and there when you're traveling with someone, whether it's your boyfriend or a friend or family that there's just, you get out of your routine. And it's so funny because, you know, when when we're at home, we're very much in a routine. Um, You know, a lot of the days look the same. He's training for a triathlon right now, which is super exciting for him. I'm so proud of him. He's been so committed and so dedicated to his work and this journey that he's trying to embark on or not trying to, he fully is. And it's been such a really honorary experience to watch him go through this. So I can tell he's healing a lot of inner child stuff as he moves through this and stepping deeper into the man that he is. So I'm really, really grateful to watch him move through this. But, um, you know, where he's training for a triathlon, I've got my stuff with Heal with Cat, I've got my clients, I've got my to-do list, I've got my work, like I've just got so much stuff going on. So it was funny to watch both of us find resistance in the letting go because both of us are the type of people that need routine to feel safe, to feel purposeful, to feel directional. So there was definitely a moment of like, oh, I'm witnessing both of us with a lot of resistance towards letting go right now. And once we kind of found our sweet spot of letting go, then we settled in and um, we truly did settle in. And it was just so beautiful. So five days in Florence, the wedding was unbelievable. It was so magical. I've never seen a floral, I've never seen floral arrangements or floral like like accentuations, is that the right word? (laughs) At a wedding before like this wedding, it was incredible. It was out of a dream. It was at the Four Seasons in Florence. And if you've been there or if you've seen pictures of it, it is just a magical property. They have 
the hotel in the front, they have villas in the back, and in between that space is the gym, the pool, the spa, and then this like beautiful little forest in the middle of Florence, and there's just these beautiful oak trees and green grass with DG paths everywhere and artwork that's really out of the ordinary, but so like such a cute Italian touch to the property. And we just really enjoyed being in the midst of so much beauty there, you know, especially now Venus being in Libra, there's just this melting, this desire to just kind of soften and surrender into the beauty within and around. And that was the most perfect way to welcome in Venus and Libra until the end of October. So, just such a magical time. And, you know, when you go to a wedding, you're there to celebrate love, you know, and, and to celebrate the love that you believe in with two people. And that was, that was just, that took love to like a new level, that wedding. Um, I also ended up doing a speech. So the bride and the groom asked me to do a speech at the wedding. And I was one of the like people in the middle to go. Like, I think it was like, the parents did speeches before me, then his, then the groom's brothers, and then I went. And I was pretty shocked that they asked me to do a speech because, well, I was shocked and honored mostly and excited um, because when somebody asks you to do a speech at a wedding, it's really this kind of like trust that the bride and the groom have in you that they, they're basically saying to you, hey, we want you to tell your version of our love story and we want to hear what you have to say about your love for us as a couple and you know if you know me that's something i love to do anyways so i love to i love to do that stuff just on the daily so for me to put it into a speech was um, a really beautiful experience and um, I was really honored that after the speech, a lot of people came up to me and said that mine was one of the best ones that they had heard that night. And it's funny because I'm showing this very new side of myself uh, to the world, right? This very energetic, spiritual, uh, what some would call woo-woo side of me that is truly my authentic self. But to others, you know, it may be a little bit unexpected because a lot of the world has seen a very different side of me, one that worked in the alcohol industry for a long time and one that, um, you know, uh, just just certain decisions and choices that I've made to live my life were not aligned with the path that I'm on now. And I've talked a lot about how the last couple of years have been such a deep healing and remembrance of why I'm here. But um, a lot of the people that were at the wedding got to see that side of me because in the speech I said, I talked a lot about how marriage is a commitment and an energetic promise where two souls come together and promise that no matter what they go through, that love is at the core of all that they do. It was like a four-minute speech, um, and my boyfriend was sweet enough to record it. So I, I enjoy going back and watching it because I learned a lot from my own wisdom that I shared with them. And um, yeah, so it was just really, it was really special to do that for, for them. And um yeah, you just got to love a good wedding. You know, I've, I think I've been, I think Tyler and I have been to like six weddings this year. I'm not even kidding. Maybe five. Uh, but, you know, two years after COVID, it makes sense. Everyone's kind of getting married now. So after the wedding, we rented a car and we drove out to this beach town in the west coast of Italy called Forte dei Marmi. And my uncle was actually the one that told us about it because we had had all the first five days of the 10 days planned out before we went on the trip. And when we got to Italy, we said we were going to play the rest of the trip by ear, book Airbnbs and just kind of see what happens, which for me is like very outside of my comfort zone. For my boyfriend, it's exactly what he loves to do. So I was really trying to embrace it. And I felt like, you know, I got to plan the first five days of the trip. So might as well play the last five on the go, right? So we ended up going to this beach town and it's kind of like the Saint-Tropez of Italy where there's Twiga nightclub and there's like beach club after beach club after beach club for like miles down the coast and there's Gucci and Prada and Louis Vuitton and Hermes and every designer that you can think of in this little town, every restaurant, there's like three Michelin star restaurants there and 
you know, for us to go there, we were balling on a budget for sure, but we were like, you know what? We found a really great Airbnb. Like, let's just see where it takes us. Well, the Airbnb that we ended up booking canceled on me the morning of, of the, like the morning we were supposed to arrive. And so I kind of freaked out and I booked this like other Airbnb and it ended up being okay. It wasn't as good as the one that canceled on us, but we got there and it was supposed to rain for the four days that we were supposed to be there. And literally within an hour of arriving in the Airbnb, Tyler and I looked at each other and we were like, what are we going to do here for four days? It's like, doesn't make any sense. Let's, let's see if we can go somewhere else. So we changed the reservation of the Airbnb, which didn't make the host very happy, but it's life. And we stayed in Fort de Marmi for two days and we actually had a great time. My uncle happened to be in Italy for the wedding that we had all attended a few days before. And I called him and told him, hey, thank you so much for the recommendation on Fort de Marmi. It's beautiful here and you would love it here. And he was like, okay, we're going to rent a car and we're going to come see you tomorrow. So he rented a car, came out to see us. Unfortunately, it was raining, but it was actually really quaint and really fun. Just a small little European beach beach town that was like super bougie. Tyler and I ended up finding like um, a couple really healthy restaurants. Sanamente is one of them. And it was just, it was quaint and cute, but we were definitely ready to leave on the morning of the third day that we were there. So we booked, we ended up booking this B&B in the hills of Tuscany and I and I it so the town is called Bagno Vignoni but it's close to Montepulciano Montalcino and um, it's in like kind of the heart of Val d'Orcia one of the most beautiful places in Tuscany if not one of the most sorry one of the most beautiful places in Italy if not in Tuscany so we booked this B&B we drive in the countryside. It's absolutely gorgeous. We are not regretting leaving the rainy beach town at all. It, it was beautiful for what it was, but we were ready to go. And we met up with my uncle and my aunt Melissa for like three days. And I have to say that as much as I love a good beach town and as much as I love being, you know, by water, being in the green countryside and rolling hills of Tuscany was honestly one of the most healing things on the trip. I, at the end of the trip, I asked Tyler, what was your favorite part of the trip? And he said, driving through basically the countryside and just all the like little road trips that we did. And I agree, you know, the, just being in the midst of that much nature and beauty in a different country where it's so green, like it's not this green in California ever. And there's something so healing about being around that much greenery um, for the soul. So we ended up booking this um, experience with my aunt and my uncle to go truffle foraging or truffle hunting, I guess they call it. So we, it had been raining there as well. So we put on some warm clothes and the hotel gave us these rain boots. And we drove 45 minutes into like the deep countryside of Tuscany. And we met this gentleman who I'm forgetting his name right now, unfortunately, um, who greeted us with some champagne. And we had a full truffle lunch. So it was like um, baguette bread with olive oil and then three different types of truffles on there and then truffle salt. And then we had carpaccio, truffle carpaccio and um, caprese salad with butternut squash. And then we had truffle pasta and then we had turkey and truffle mashed potatoes. And then they served us homemade hazelnut ice cream with truffles on top, black truffles. And it was such a sensory experience. I had never really done anything that immersed with truffles before. I've had truffle fries, truffle, you know, burger, truffle, you know, the kind of stuff you see in the US, but nothing to this extent. So it was really, I was worried that this much truffle was gonna feel like overwhelming for the palate, but it, it wasn't. In fact, I learned that when you buy something that is truffle oil or um, truffle salt, it's actually the essence 
of um, faux truffle. It's not actually fully truffle. So that's why when you smell or taste something with like, like truffle fries, for instance, it's very pungent. That's, um, that's faux truffle scenting. It's got a, 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 a percentage of truffle in it, but it's mostly porcini mushrooms and then oil. And they just enhance the flavors so that you, you know, every, that it's, it's, it's sensory enough that you're like, oh my God, that's truffle. But real truffles that you like forage in the forest and you like add to on top of different dishes, it's very herbaceous, um, very earthy and very subtle, not as strong and pungent as we tend to experience here in the U.S. So after we did that, we ended up going into the countryside on this trail in this forest that is gated off next to a winery that is just for foraging truffle mushrooms. And we were led by the gentleman that hosted us for lunch, who leads all the tours, and then the owner of the property, John Franco, and his two dogs, Tita and Mora. And Tita was like five years old and she was very skilled in detecting and navigating where truffles have been growing in the forest. And Mora was learning. She's two years old and she was just so adorable. She accidentally ate one of the truffles. And, you know, it's interesting to see Gianfranco, the owner, kind of train Mora and have Tita lead by example. And it was, it was really cute. But the most beautiful part of that whole experience was just walking up and down these trails and the sun was shining through the trees and the air was fresh and i felt so grounded and so connected to to the earth and to the experience that we were having around us in in regards to the connection of these beautiful different kinds of oak trees and cypress that pollinate and release their pollinators down into the forest floor and then these truffle mushrooms are just kind of hidden these hidden gems in the forest floor that these dogs are trained to detect by their scent and the dogs so the way that they train the dogs is that they start feeding truffles to the dogs at 14 days old and they do that for the first year of their life so the dogs are very intimately connected with the scent of the truffles and how to detect it and then, of course, they use treats and training um, your basic stuff to, uh, to continue the training of, of the detection. And it's just really cool to watch, especially because Tyler and I have Max and Riley, and we are constantly training them. Um, I feel like they need they're, – they're difficult and wonderful all at the same time. But I was, like, watching how John Franco was training the dogs. And it, was, it was really interesting. Tyler and I were kind of sharing notes and laughing. But – after, after we did that truffle experience, we had a beautiful dinner with my aunt and uncle. And the next morning we were up early, left the B&B and headed to Rome for the night. And I have to say that going to Rome after being in the countryside and by the ocean for a few days, um, it was a little, it was a little claustrophobic. I was kind of feeling like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go home. Um, and it was bittersweet because there were so many beautiful moments that we were having on this trip. And Ty and I really never get this time just by ourselves without the dogs to do things. And it really helped me bring into perspective like how much, how much beauty there is in the connection that Tyler and I have and in our relationship. You know, if I'm being very honest, the dogs are probably my biggest challenge within our relationship and with, with being in our home. Um, I'm constantly feeling triggered by the dogs and constantly feeling pressured by the dogs and feel like I can never fully relax when I'm at home. And it kind of all caught up with me when I came home from the trip that I'm, I'm kind of still recovering from. Um, so I'm having to really learn a lot about myself through having these dogs, but it was just so beautiful to be with Ty alone for 10 days and just come back to 
the deep beauty and friendship and connection that we both have. And not only that, what stems from our foundation that we built together as friends, but also how we're growing together in these new adventures in these new ways. So coming home was definitely something I was looking forward to, but also bittersweet because um, I knew what I was coming home to. We were scheduled to leave Rome at 1 p.m. and arrive in San Diego at 8 p.m. Um, and that's given taking all of the time differences. So we would leave like Friday the 30th at 1 p.m. from Rome and then arrive Friday the 30th in San Diego time at 8 p.m. So I think travel time was supposed to be like 14, 15 hours at the most. Um, and we ended up having the return to the U.S. from hell. Our flight was a little bit delayed leaving Rome, which it happens, you know, 20, 30 minutes, not a big deal. We knew that the longest leg of the trip was gonna be from Rome to Montreal. We had experienced a little bit of delay going from Montreal to Rome in the beginning of the trip, but nothing terrible. Um, just we knew that Montreal was a difficult airport to go to. But nothing compares to the challenges that we had coming home. Like I said, we were supposed to land at 8 p.m. in San Diego on Friday the 30th. And the customs experience in Montreal, dealing with the airline, the delays, and um, quite frankly, the, I don't know how to say this, there was a lot of resistance from the people in the airport to get all of us to our flight on time. So much so that when Ty and I finally got through customs, which we waited almost an hour for, there were hundreds of people who were missing their flights. It was kind of crazy, to be honest. We got to the gate, we flagged down a flight attendant who was walking back from the plane. She said, we just closed the doors, but let me call the pilot and ask him to open up the door. She said, are you guys coming from Rome? We said, yes. And she said, okay. So she calls the pilot and the pilot refused to let us on. They had just closed the doors. This was a direct flight from Montreal to San Diego to get us home at 8 p.m. We were crushed. Even the flight attendant said, I don't agree with what he just did. I'm so sorry, but I know that there's a flight going to LAX that takes off at 8 p.m. tonight. And it was about 6.30 at this time. Um, so, uh, go ahead and go to customer service and they'll put you on that flight. So it was pretty disheartening. We were like, God, we were supposed to be home in six hours and now we're going to be delayed a few hours, but we figured, you know what? Not a big deal. We'll get in at 11 PM. We will figure out how to get from LA to San Diego. Luckily it's a two hour drive and, um, you know, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. So we get to customer service. The line at customer service is so long. 16 people missed their flight to San Diego. And there were a bunch of people that missed their flights to Raleigh, North Carolina, and then also to uh, Las Vegas. So the flight that we ended up getting onto that left Montreal at 8 p.m. Uh, was full of basically relocated people, like people who had to... Um, re-reserve or rebook their flights because they had missed it because of customs. So the flight didn't take off at eight. We didn't even board until 9.30. And by the time we got to LAX, it was 12.30 in the morning. We get to LAX. I go straight to baggage claim and I said, you go to the rental car place, get the car. I'll get the bags. I'll take the bus. I'll meet you there. Like, let's just, let's just rally this thing. Of course, our bags did not make it on the plane. So I had to file a claim. And then after that, I took a bus to the rental car place where Tyler had been waiting for an hour. Finally got to the front desk. The lady ended up being super nice. We got our car within 10 minutes of waiting. And we were on the road to, an, eh, it was about an hour and a half, almost two hours back to San Diego. But because of the small little delays and the stress and the anxiety and just the pure jet lag that was kicking in, we didn't get home until 4.30 in the morning that day after barely sleeping for the last two days. So adjusting back home has been really difficult for me. Tyler 
just he, he got home and fell asleep and just adjusted pretty pretty well I mean he looks like he's doing great you know first day back to work today it's been a little rough but for me it was a different story I think that I was so focused on staying calm and staying centered and staying grounded through all of the different changes that all of my frustration and my anger and my exhaustion got stuffed down. So when I got home, I came home to my partner needing a lot of space to get his life back in order, me needing a lot of space to get my life back in order, dealing with our dogs, which, you know, like I mentioned, it's very vulnerable for me to say, but they're something I struggle with a lot. Um, And then just like the day-to-day of like grocery shopping and getting back into routine and like wanting to start working out again, I couldn't balance all of the things that I wanted to do and ended up having like a pan, a, I'm not going to say full blown, the, the panic attack I had on Saturday, yeah, Saturday was just out of being so exhausted. Like, you know, that meme of Monsters Inc., where the little girl is just like sitting there with her eyes like open, but she's like, no one's home. Like, that was me all day Saturday. And then I had this like little panic attack, called my mom, FaceTimed my nephew, and just kind of like had to had to find some kind of grounding voice from someone to just be like, hey, it's just because you're exhausted. Like, it's okay. Um, Tyler's sister ended up reaching out to me and his mom, which was really sweet, just kind of checking in. That was really, really kind of them. And it made me feel very like validated that like traveling really is exhausting, especially when things don't go the way that you expected them to. And I thought I was fine. I thought I processed it. Um, Yesterday, I woke up in the morning and I was like, we woke up at 5 a.m. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to cook all day. So I did. I I cooked all day and I was so happy and I was listening to music and um, I I was just kind of like getting myself in the mindset of like, all right, I'm back home. I got to get back on my routine. And then it was like 7.30 came around yesterday and my body was like, it's actually hilarious. Like my body was like, it, it, my body was like, if you don't sleep right now, like you're like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I still have jet lag brain. My body put me to sleep. That's the best way that I can say it. My body put me the fuck to sleep. 7.30, I was laying in bed. The dogs were playing and Tyler was like in the house. It was like not quiet at all. I was fucking out like a light at 7.30 and nothing. I was, it's like it, I went directly into REM sleep. Like I don't know how to describe it, but I just went to bed laying on top of the sheets in my workout clothes. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now, but I I need to sleep immediately. I woke up like 30 minutes later and it felt like I had woke up in the middle of REM sleep and my body is still clearly very jet lagged, but it was very triggering because I just, I felt like I couldn't catch up with my sleep. So went to bed, woke up this morning at 5.30 in the morning. Ty went to go do his workout and I was like, you know what? I'm up. I'm going to go work out too. And I had a lot of festering energy in my body. And so I've been debating um, running a half marathon. And I've actually been thinking about doing this for a long time. One of my best friends, who's like my sister, Nairi, she ran a half marathon and she's a big runner and a personal trainer. Um, And so she was very much like inspirational for me to, to look at as somebody that, oh, like someone I love trained themselves into running a half marathon and she did it and it's possible like and she's never done that before I want to give it a try too but I've never really like dove into it because I get a lot of knee pain and it kind of freaks me out because it feels sometimes like my knees are literally gonna break so I was kind of talking to her about it and she was like oh this happens often with runners it's because you're not stretching and we need you know I'll coach you and all of that so I was like, you know what? I'm back home. I want to get into running again. It's 5.30 in the morning. I've got a lot of energy because it's like, you know, 10 o'clock in Rome. So I got up. I ran for like 20 minutes. That's kind of all the energy I had. And then I did some weight training with my other best friend, Sophie, who does personal training for me as well, more weight training and Pilates. 
And then um, mid-workout, I got a rush of adrenaline. I felt pure panic out of nowhere, had to stop the workout like 10 minutes early and went straight into, my body was like craving the trauma release hip stretching and rolling that I do from the workout witch. If you're not familiar with it, go on Instagram, type in the workout witch or go on TikTok um, and look at her hip rolling trauma release exercises. I do them almost every single day. In fact, I've gotten a lot of my clients to do it too because it helps so much. I did that for about five minutes. Nothing was helping and I started to get really nauseous and I felt like I was going to explode. Like I had so much anxiety out of nowhere. So I went home and between the time that I left the gym in my building and the time I walked home, it was maybe less than three minutes. I opened the door and the dogs darted for the door and jumped into me. And for some reason, it triggered me so much that I literally dropped all my stuff, put it on the sink, went in the room and had a full-blown panic attack. Not like the one I thought I had on Saturday, but a full-blown panic attack this morning. Hyperventilating, irregular breathing, nausea. My whole body was shaking. I felt like I was just, I couldn't be in my body and in my skin. It felt like I was just going to die, to be honest. It was the worst feeling and um, ended up, ended up telling myself, all right, you're just exhausted. You're maxed out. You're triggered by the dogs. This happens when you're not feeling exhausted. So imagine that feeling plus exhaustion and jet lag. It was like 7.30 in the morning and I was like, you're tired. Just get into bed, give yourself a good cry, put on (laughs) Disney Plus and find something that makes you feel good. For me, when I'm not having a great Uh, day or if I need to feel really cozy and connect with my inner child and really wrap myself in this nurturing love for me it is always pjs a blanket snacks tea disney plus I don't know what it is Tyler asks me all the time why do you like cartoons so much like I don't get why you watch disney movies all the time it's this refreshing comforting nurturing loving reminder of my childhood It's just the one thing that I know is going to calm me down. So, and candles, I like candles and dim the lights. So that's what I did in my room. And I ended up falling asleep, woke up after a little bit and was feeling a little bit better enough to go into the other room and ask Ty to just hold me. And I could feel another panic attack coming on and I knew that I needed to feel held. My nervous system needed to feel held. And so I walked in the other room and he was so sweet. He got up and he held me and he hugged me and he rubbed my back. And he was doing this thing where he like squeezes my arms and it immediately calmed me down. And I just felt like it's, it was gonna, it was, everything was gonna be okay that all of the pain that I was feeling and the exhaustion and the jet lag and the anxiety was just that. It, it wasn't because of trauma. It wasn't because of, you know, triggers. It was just my situation of adjusting back to home after 10 amazing days. And a lot of people ended up reaching out to me on my Heal With Cat um, Instagram page because I kind of opened up about it on my stories and said, you know, I had the same experience coming home from vacation. Um, And I ended up talking to my mom about it. And my mom reminded me that this time last year, I came back from an amazing trip in France for seven days. And the same thing happened to me. And I didn't have a dog at the time. It was just me. And I ended up having like a couple days where I had panic attacks and I had a really hard time adjusting back to home. And I forget that it also, it like, it, it, she's, she said, like, this happens to you every time you come home from a trip. And I'm like, man, like, I've been traveling like this for like five years. Like, why am I just noticing this now after five years? But I guess with every new version of yourself comes new awareness. Um, so I realized, like, this is what happens to me when I, when I come home from a trip. It takes me time to readjust. 
And sometimes I get way too caught up in the exhaustion and the jet lag. And I tell myself that I can push through it, which is what I try to do every time. And it never works. I have to soften into my return to reality. And it was such a lesson for me um, in, in that there's so many areas in my life where I need to learn to surrender right now and to create space. And I find myself in life holding on and gripping on to the things that usually make me feel safe at the wrong time. Like working out, running, weightlifting, going grocery shopping, doing, doing, doing usually brings me a lot of safety in my routine when I'm home. But when I'm extremely exhausted and jet lagged and overwhelmed after a really long trip, that is not the time to do, do, do and go, go, go. And before I went on my trip, I was like nervous about my body because I'm doing so much physical body trauma work right now that I ended up going to craniosacral a couple days before we left. And then I went to my physical therapist, Brie, and then I ended up going to Reiki and just like did, I, um, I had a facial, like I did a few things the week before I left or the week that I left actually to prepare my body. And I'm realizing now that I, that it, knowing what I know now about myself, that I need to wait to schedule those things until after I come home. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, going to go get a massage this week and just kind of settle into the feeling of being back in reality. And the thing is, is my reality is beautiful here. I did a meditation this morning. Uh, I swear by Lisa Beachy's meditations on YouTube, Lisa B-E-A-C-H-Y-S. Um, I ended up doing this like cleansing aura meditation. And in the meditation, she says, name all the things that you're grateful for. And I started naming all the things in my life, like the work I do, my clients, my boyfriend who, God, I, I don't know, I'm getting so sappy about him the last couple of weeks, but maybe because it's just we had such an amazing time together and we were taken out of the routine and we went on this super romantic trip, but like it's, I just love and care about him more than I've loved and cared about any partner that I've ever had in my life in such a healthy and beautiful way. And this relationship has been the most magical blessing in my life. And it has shown me all of the ways that mature, healthy, beautiful, big love looks like. And um, I'm getting so sappy. I'm losing my, I'm losing my train of thought, but um, I even forgot what I was just talking about. Anyways, I just get so sappy about it because it's like, I'm just so grateful. Oh, the meditation. I'm so grateful for it. So I was thinking about my relationship and I was thinking about how much I love where I live. And um, a big update actually is that Tyler and I ended up deciding we're not ready to move to Colorado. We had a long discussion about it and we just realized that, you know, where we see our future going is here in San Diego, Encinitas, Cardiff, Solana Beach, kind of by the ocean. And we would love to buy a home here together, which is like a huge... (laughs) It's like huge life milestone decisions that we're making together. But as beautiful as Colorado is and as, as free as we both feel being there, it doesn't feel like home anymore. And it was so wild how in such a short amount of time, we both kind of aligned on the decision that like, not right now, maybe one day, but not right now. And so it's just so interesting how I'm sitting in this meditation. I'm naming all the things that I'm grateful for, but then I'm also struggling coming back to all of those things. That, that, that feeling of coming home to all the things I'm so grateful for has been a struggle. And so, um, to be honest, even recording this podcast episode, I'm not feeling a hundred percent great in my body right now. I'm feeling very exhausted I'm feeling a little bit uh, nauseous and shaky, but um, I'm softening into my experience back home, recording this podcast episode to come out tomorrow and um, really just sharing kind of where I'm at right now, hoping that you're able to take something away from it that that feels good and resonates with you. Speaking of surrendering, um, while I was on my trip to Italy, 
I decided to pursue coaching with Chelsea again in feminine embodiment for many different reasons. Um, and I'm not ready to open up yet about this round of coaching for the next four months, but what I am very proud of is my ability to notice when my body is energetically pulling me towards one thing or the other. And then instead of acting impulsively, first getting curious and then acting. And when I ended coaching with Chelsea in June of this year, after six months, I was done. She knew and I knew that I was done, but she knew and I knew that I would work with her again. And we didn't know when the call was going to happen again, but we both knew it was going to happen again. And here I am, October, and I'm back in the container with her. And I can't describe to you the feeling of what it is when you are energetically called and pulled to working with someone, but it's this primal guttural feeling of like, I know that I need this. My brain was like, are you sure it's a financial investment? You never regret your coaching, but you just finished with her. Should you let a bit more time pass? Why are you really pursuing this? What are your goals? What are your fears? My brain had to kind of help me logically think through the decision but my gut was like, this is the time. Like, you're ready. You needed a little break, but you're like, you're ready. So I reached out to her and she was very ready to open me, open her arms and welcome me back into the container with her. And I'm very grateful. I'm very excited to see what comes from this transmutation with her. Transmutation, does that make sense? That just came out of my mouth. This uh, transmission maybe is what I meant with her. And... Um, I'm excited to deepen. It feels like this round with her is going to be a process of deepening into this next level of embodiment. When I was working with her, I wasn't in a relationship. The last two months I was, but the majority of coaching with her was surface level feminine embodiment with my career, with my feelings towards Tyler, with the beginning of our relationship, all the things. And things have progressed so beautifully in the last six months, but also so deeply that at times I don't know how to meet that depth with where I'm at today, with my relationship and with my business. So I can feel myself being called to go deeper in my relationship I can feel myself being called to show up more, to let myself fully be seen, to play bigger and to go deeper in my business. And I just don't know how. And so that's what I'm so grateful to have Chelsea for. If you have not, um, if you have not listened to my podcast episode with her, I'm just pulling up. Um, my podcast episode with her is episode number 18. It's called A Conversation on Sexuality and Feminine Embodiment with Chelsea Adair. Go, get a, go give it a listen. It's a great conversation about feminine embodiment, sexuality, showing up, being seen, feminine desires, being in, in unison, in union with our divine masculine and how the both exists within us and how that shows up within our daily lives and just so much more. It's a really, really wonderful conversation. So that was a really big decision that I made um, on the trip. And I feel really proud of myself for answering the call. And yesterday when I was taking a bath, I, I started like questioning myself. I was like, why, why did you do that? Like, like my heart knows that it's the right thing to do, but my brain is like, why, like, why, like, not why, but it was more so like, you've been investing a lot of money into coaching the last two years. Like, are you going to continue doing this? This is what I'm asking myself. And it was almost like my heart just kind of stepped forward, this feeling in my heart and was like, this is how you change. This is how you evolve. This is how you grow. A lot of my life, I have been overly independent and have not been the type of person who easily accepts help. So for me, getting coaching has been one of the most beautiful healing ways to learn how to let people into my space and let people see me, good and bad, and to grow in a community. 
And the coaching that I first started with was my family constellation coaching with Carrie, which introduced me to this work that is my life's purpose, a huge part of it. And I have never regretted that money from day one. And then the six months I spent with Chelsea, never regretted it. So what makes me think that this round, even though the call was as deep as the first two coaching experiences I had, what makes me think I'm gonna regret it this time? Nothing. The ego wants to convince us that we don't need other people, especially if our whole lives we've been taught or shown that we can't rely on people. Um, but that's not the truth of why we're here. We are social communal beings who want to belong. And especially now with this death of my old version of myself, the trauma and all the things that I used to identify with as I emerge into this new version of myself, being a part of something and belonging to something in this spiritual, loving, deep, trauma-informed and, and magical community is exactly the kind of community and investment that I need. So I was going to do a post on, you know, investing in yourself. And I figured, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse with the same thing I say all over, you know, Instagram all the time. But investing in yourself is one of the most beautiful things that you can do. And you just, well, here's, here's the way that I approach it. If you're, feel, if you're feeling called to coaching, even if it's coaching with me, don't act impulsively. Get curious. Ask yourself why. Ask the universe for signs to show you that you're ready for that kind of evolution and growth and change and healing. Um, one of the, the most beautiful testimonials that I've had from one of my clients in my Pain Into Purpose coaching program is from my, my client Carly. She said um, that she, in our time together, she's moved from a place of perpetuating her trauma in a, in a reaction to becoming more responsive. And that alone, to me, is worth all of her investment. And we're only two months into coaching. We've, she's got another month left. So I just think that it's so beautiful, all of the little wisdom nuggets and two degree shifts that happen within a coaching program and investing in yourself is the most beautiful um, building block to trust, to trusting yourself. So, so that's, that, that was a really big decision that I made being gone. Um, I, I also kept questioning the continuation of this podcast while being gone um, and really am going to just lean into the flow of divinely inspired action. Um, meaning I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't make it an episode one week because I'm just not feeling it. Sometimes I need time to integrate uh, fully before I can share and I don't want to force. And I've noticed that a lot of times I will want to release a podcast episode but I can tell that it's not fully done yet because I'm not fully ready to move. I'm not fully ready because I haven't fully moved through the integration process of whatever I'm speaking about. So um, a lot of things in my life are just shifting. My desires are shifting. My needs are shifting. My, um, my passions are shifting. And something that really has come up for me while I was gone too is um, starting in-person events. I would love to start doing in-person constellations. And you can see an example of what that looks like if you go on Netflix and you search for the show Sex, Love, Goop, G-O-O-P, that's Gwyneth Paltrow's company, uh, and go to the most recent season and go to episode five. And it's all about family constellation therapy. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the facilitator um, who does the constellations on that show, on that episode, but I do think it's a really great example of the, um, the clarity and the process that comes from family constellation therapy that is done in person rather than just over Zoom. So um, I, I really am excited to get that going and I'm excited for the holidays. I'm just so excited to like get a Christmas tree, get pumpkins, 
like have holiday parties. I'm just feeling that like nesting, nurturing holiday cheer. And it's like October 3rd. So um, good luck to me in three months from now. I'll probably be absolutely sick of it. But it's just that beautiful time of year where you're just craving that warmth. And I'm so ready to to have that um, after the craziness of what this year has been. And also, can we just take a moment to realize that like it's October? Like I feel like yesterday it was like January 1st and we were like ringing in the new year and like it's about to be the end of the year. Man, it's so bittersweet how quickly time passes and how much when you get older, it's so true that the older you get, the faster time passes and the more beautiful moments are. So that's that's really what's been going on in my world the last two weeks. And, um, you know, for for me, it's it's really beautiful to um, be present and witness the change that I'm going through um, because there's, there is so much duality in my life right now. The grief and the gratitude is so present. The grief of the old me that's, that's dying. And it's so funny to me because I do all of this work that I do to heal, unlearn, grow from, uh, away from, or maybe to heal from all of the wounded parts of me that um, I, that were keeping me stuck and keeping me uncomfortable. And the more that I walk towards the woman that I know I came here to be, the more uncomfortable it is. It's uncomfortable to really show up and be the person that you say you want to be. It's so much easier to stay in the bubble of the past because it's comfortable because you've been there for so long. And I really understand on like a deep physical level now why people don't change. Um, and the resistance that comes from change. And with myself and with clients, I never really understood their resistance to change because I, I embrace change in a way that has fueled my life. But now I'm starting to see that the change that I'm experiencing is being met with a lot of resistance, deep, deep, deep resistance in my body. Um, and you can have these soulic desires all day long and they're beautiful and you can put, you know, make a vision board and a Pinterest board and do all the things. But if, if you can't embody them and integrate them, you know, where does the rubber meet the road? And that's where I'm being challenged right now. It's almost like the universe is like, Hey, you want big love. You want your life partner. You want this beautiful relationship. All right. Well, we're going to challenge you with everything that you have built upon your false beliefs around relationships. We're going to challenge all of those. And we're going to show you what a big, beautiful, loving, healthy human relationship is like. And the, the grieving of, you know, what came from my fantasy relationship desires. And it's so funny because like in my relationship, it is light years more beautiful than the fantasy that I created in my head of the kind of relationship that I thought I wanted. Um, and yet it has its challenges that reminds me, hey, you're human and your partner, he's a human too. And it's not going to be perfect all the time, but it's going to be fucking worth it. So are you going to stick it out? And that's the challenge. And of course I'm going to stick it out. Like I told my partner, I told my boyfriend, long before we started dating, I'm not going anywhere. This is worth it to me. You're worth it to me. And he said the same to me. And that's a promise that I take very seriously, you know? And um, I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that to anyone. Um, I'm usually the first person to run. I'm, I've never gotten my heart broken other than my divorce, but I'm still the one that left that relationship. I've never been, the, I've never gotten my heart broken really ever. I've always been the first person to run. So for me to stay present in this relationship through the thick and the thin and the good and the bad and the easy and the hard and to be as genuinely committed as I am to this relationship through the good and the bad and all of the things, it shows me that like I'm growing. And this was the whole point, you know, this is what, what relationships do. 
And same thing with my business. I'm being challenged. Oh, you want to change people's lives and help people heal their trauma? Okay, we're going to send you clients that have some of the worst trauma that you have ever heard of so far in your life. And we're going to, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that like, this is what I signed up for. This is what I study. This is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about understanding people's trauma to help them come back to their wholeness. So it's not that I'm um, scared of their trauma. It's just the universe is like, hey, you want to be faced with what you really truly desire? You're going to have to hold space for a lot. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to hold space for all that you desire through the good and the bad, thick and the thin, the easy and the hard? And I'm as committed to it as I am to my relationship. And it's in these moments where we're the most challenged, where we have the opportunity to either sit back and give up or to sit in the chaos and all the emotions of the challenge and be like, I'm not going anywhere because I know that what's on the other side of this is fucking worth it. And that usually happens on the threshold of a new chapter emerging in your life. So it's been wild to just witness myself go through this. Um, And it's also been very interesting to see how my desires change as I grow. I used to envision my business as, you know, it's going to look like this, feel like this, sound like this, events are going to be like this, blah, 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 blah. And now as I mature and I grow, I'm like, wait a second, that desire for my business to look this way comes from very old beliefs. Like, what do I believe in now? What do I desire now? What do I want now? And um, it's been a little scary to do that, but also it's been very comforting because I'm able to really look at my myself now and be like, wow, you're really stepping into this woman that you want to be. And also, you will continue to be challenged. So what is your game plan for the challenges? And some days it's tea, candles, PJs, blankets, dim lights, and Disney+. Plus. And some days it's running. And some days it's crying and asking my partner for a hug. Some days it's going on vacation. Some days it's baking. It really just depends. And I think that's a huge lesson I'm learning in life right now is just your healing is going to look different every day. Don't put your healing in a box. Just follow whatever you desire. Follow your desires. Sometimes that's all you need to do is just follow all your desires. See where life is going to take you. And change is the one thing that we can rely on. Change is the only constant, right? So... um, You know, it it hit me yesterday. I was talking to a friend of mine um, that I'm going to be 32 in January, 32 years old. I've been on this earth for 32 years. And a majority of those 32 years were painful. And I can genuinely look back on the last almost four years of my life since I got divorced and had this total shift in my entire life inside out that I am genuinely grateful for what I've been through and I can say now that I went through all of that pain to find my purpose and I would do it again Um, hesitantly I would do it again because I really enjoy myself now and that is something I've never felt before And I'm really proud to say that out loud. So continue to do the work. Go with the flow. Follow the calls of your heart. Let your body and your heart show you where you're meant to go next. And change is the only constant. (laughs) So thanks for joining me this week on this total download of what's been going on in life. And um, If you haven't subscribed to my email newsletter yet, please do so. Uh, I'll put this in the show notes, or you can head to my website, healwithcat.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, type in your email address, and join the community. We've been building it steadily as we go, and as I start to release workshops, meditations, courses, and eventually live 
classes and live sessions in group form, I would love for you to be a part of that and be a part of that community. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at heal underscore with underscore cat. Please join that community as well and stick around for more trauma-informed family constellation information in my journey to support you back to your wholeness. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast episode if you loved it, and I will see you in the next episode.